Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello, hello. Creeping on into it? summer here, I do believe. I do believe Absolutely. we're crossing Absolutely. the equinox. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think I'm struggling with my mind a little lately, where I just keep kind of forgetting things. I literally was halfway through that. Welcome to the podcast, and I'm thinking, what am I doing again? <laughs> where am I? <laughs> where am I? <laughs> What, what are those words again? <laughs> Do you know what's so funny? I did see coverage of there is in some region or part of Japan, there is a restaurant that is run by seniors. I'll say seniors um, who are in very, various moderate stages of dementia. And the whole point of the cafe is not to get the right order, but to enjoy whatever comes to your table. <laughs> and it's really it. sweet because uh, these, you know, elders, especially here in North America, right? You're relegated to long-term care homes, yeah. uh, sterile medical environments where you have terrible outcomes. You don't have a sense of purpose. Mm. And yeah. these elders are doing a job that ordinarily requires a great deal of good memory. And they yeah. do not have the good memory. <laughs> but every diner comes there with a little bit of flexibility to sort of you know, take the time it takes and eat whatever comes to the table. So it's very sweet. You could, it is lovely. I love that idea. Um, you could end up with some nasty surprises oh. or some uh, really terrible combinations. I know, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think that there's any rigidity with which wine or sake is being paired with what fish because it's a grab bag. <laughs> it's pretty much a roll the dice or like a Russian roulette of the menu. Oh, but, but the yeah. good thing is, no, I, I, when I we do, have I a, love that. yeah, yeah, right. We will we always have in. a job then. If if not podcasting yes. in our d- advanced dementia, <laughs> we'll move to move to Japan, take up a restaurant job. Absolutely, I like a bit of cooking, so you know, mm-hmm. put, put those skills to work. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. We weirdly enough, we were talking about care homes this week. Can't mm. remember why or what the context was, <laughs> but one of the things that sticks in my mind about the conversation was: um, don't they always have a weird smell? Like they've all oh. got the same sort of weird care home smell about them. Oh. I don't know how that's possible. You know, it's funny because it crosses, you know, international borders as well. I'll say mm. it's a little bit different in India. There's a a different antiseptic that they use on the floors, so there's a little bit mm. different. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, weird smell. Not mm-hmm. very pleasant. Anyway. It is not. And in the blue zones of the world, elders have a much different role in society. They're very much mm. integrated. They're with the grandchildren. They're still yes. like getting up and yeah. chopping wood. Just yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. No, we need to keep active. That's a conversation I had this week with my partner too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sudoku puzzles. I'd like yeah, to say again, like learning that. new sexual positions and advancing the frontiers of your intimacy. That's always going to be my pet um, project in terms of learning, expanding mm-hmm. one's brain gray matter. Go for it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Expand in whichever ways you choose. Oh, Sarah, I think this is the second <laughs> week in a row where you've just like double entendre. You just laid it down. <laughs> oh. oh my God, that's awesome. Yes, grow in whatever. <laughs> nice. Oh, you had to take it one step further. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh no, you already went there, my friend. That's not me. Yeah, you're the OG. You're the OG oh. dirty girl. <laughs> 
if if you're lonely, just welcome other people into the same pool. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm going off the rails. I'm not sure where to go with that. I know. (laughs) Well, relationship desk of love. I'm going to like, you know, get over my anxiousness and and go right to the uh, right to the meat. What's going on at the relationship desk? Yes, let's indeed. Okay, so on the relationship desk of love today, I would like to share with you. um, So one of the questions we often get asked and, and people kind of struggle with is how do I know that I'm with the right partner? How do I know that this person is my person mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, I've got the right combination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have, I came across this post around um, kind of seven signs that you can really look for and spot in your relationship to see if you're with the right person. Mm-hmm. Would okay. you like to know what they are? Oh my God, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first one is, is this someone that I feel safe with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The second, so can I be my most ex- my most authentic self around this person? So can we be who we are when we're together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third one, I think you'll like this one. Do our values and goals for the future align? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And coming in at number four, is this someone that is committed to their healing journey? Okay. I think it's a bit overdone these days, but okay. Yes. I get you. I hear you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think for me, what I would take away from that is, is this person somebody who generally wants to kind of grow, is interested in kind of, you know, more than just kind of the, the current position that you're in? Definitely. I think it's being overused in that I've heard men say that women for casual sex hookups on tinder will be like are you working on yourself literally as <laughs> like come on guys come on you're gonna shag for a night okay whether or not they're seeing a therapist none of your concern let's stay in our lanes know, it depends how you take the the phrase working on yourself <laughs> okay <laughs> Oh, Sarah, you're on fire today. (laughs) Anyway, back to the list. Number number five. five. Are they kind? Yeah, that's a big one. I think kindness is often overlooked in a relationship, you know, or when we're looking at a kind of suitability of a partner, you know, I think we're really kind of just, we don't don't really think about that. Is the person actually a kind person? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number six. Is this someone I generally respect as a person? Oh, yeah. So we covered a lot on respect last week in the Mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. And finally, can I trust this person to be there for me? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm I'm serving the whole landscape of those of of these qualities. And I'm like, yes. There is, it comes on. There's a, a boat coming up for Anna here. I can feel it. No, I know there is, but I'm like, okay, what's the unifying thing? Okay, I got to share this. I, I think I've shared this with you. It comes from high authority, this three C's concept. Um, there's this f- uh, just fabulous woman with a lot of wisdom who has sort of Was relayed. It me? Hmm? What's that? <laughs> Was it me? Oh, um, Except there's a fabulous woman. With you are the fabulous woman with a lot of wisdom, but funny <laughs> enough, it wasn't you. Yeah. Oh, damn. So this comes to me from somebody very important to me. The three C's are our relationship. Does it have the chops to sort of make it? Number one, are we compatible? Number two, is there chemistry? Number three, is there healthy communication? Mm. Add a fourth thing to that is, are both of us committed? Like in yeah. it to win it? And you, that you know, for me, I think, is committed. Yeah. 
Yeah. You've got to have that. If you haven't got that, it's absolutely pointless. Yeah. Just hang up your hat. Oh, damn. Yeah. So I, I think this <laughs> list is good. And I would limp, lump a lot of these under the compatibility. Um, so shared goals, uh, vision for the future, a shared sense of purpose, or what at least compatible sense of purpose. Like a compatibility mm. thing can a lot can be a lot of the really boring things. Like, um, yeah, the values and our life direction, what's important to us. I think respect, trust, safety, sort of in there too. The funny enough in this list, chemistry. So chemistry is something for sure, and whether that's sexual chemistry or you know whatever that might be, uh, an inclination to share moments together and whatever you like doing together or whatnot. Um, the communication piece, it doesn't feel like that was as, what it was, but we could put a strong underline under the, Mm, under anything in terms of like, are you both able to communicate? But that's also the safety and the respect, right? Safety, respect, and trust are required to have like the hardest conversations. Well, if you haven't got psychological safety there, if I don't feel like I can open up and, but also the part about, you know, I can be myself. So can I be who, who Mm -hmm. I'm, or do I have to have some sort of mask on there or kind of, you know, not let myself go? Like all of that is part of the, that kind of communication as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this the thing is that we're not passively looking for the person who just brings all these traits to the table. Part of it is that je ne sais quoi of who that person is that seems to sort of be in lockstep with you. You you, you don't mm. know why. Maybe they came around at the right time in your life when you were ready yeah. and you'd done the work. And for some reason, the puzzle piece fits, right? Yeah. They are trustworthy because you decide to trust. Yeah. You feel like you can be authentic around them because you've decided to be get to get vulnerable. So a lot of it yeah. is like what you bring. It's not necessarily that you're passively waiting for somebody yeah. to bring these traits, which is very yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. And I like that, that thought of actually, you know, we were both kind of locking together because we're both in the right space at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, with the right approach to the relationship. And it's so fluid. It's one of the... Um, I know this is sort of off the off the beaten track a little bit, but it's coming up. Um, a lot of people were were sort of taught to be very resentful if our partner, after saying they never wanted kids, goes on to a new relationship and says, "Actually, I want kids," and they have kids, right? Mm. And the, the old partner is jilted, like, "What?" But I, you know, again, we are rivers that are constantly moving and constantly changing, mm. and sometimes it's not the right person that we've been waiting for our whole lives. It's just that they happen to walk into our life now. It's just, remember, we're all so dynamically shifting and changing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This has got me fired up. I'm so excited. (laughs) You know, evaluating, like, is this your person or is this one of the hundred thousand people on the planet who could be your person? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think you're fired up by that, Wait until we get to a hot topic, because I know you're going to be fired up by this. Oh, I'm tingly, Sarah. I'm tingly. (laughs) Today's hot topic. Gaining power over a persistent sexual health issue. Oh, yes. Anna's favorite topics. Oh my God. I have seen so much of this in clinic recently. Just mm. recurrent vaginitis and urinary tract infections among ladies. Lots and lots of, uh, yeah. Case examples to go by. Yeah. Mm. And you know, you and I have both, you know, um, we've struggled with all, every woman has sort of struggled with stuff that beyond their control, their body just kind of does weird stuff on them or, you know, behaves strangely. 
the the central theme of this is this shame and this lack of control, this feeling of helplessness yeah. and not being yeah. able to like just feel like your body has just you know, started to take you hostage and it's a terrible, yeah. and it gets in the way of intimacy mm. and sexual confidence yeah. in a big way. And I, you know, it's not just f- females that struggle with um, sexual health issues, males struggle with things as well. Ah, and so true. I think that kind of shame and embarrassment is the thing that's, um, that's present mm-hmm. with both genders really when we come to look at some of these situations. And I think the natural reaction is to kind of bury your head think it'll go away not deal with it and just kind of um you you end up then though I think often with this kind of separation in the kind of intimacy um and almost you can feel kind of like terrified to even you know when some of the health issues maybe they've kind of you know maybe things have settled down for a bit but then there's this kind of underlying fear of not wanting to go there in case it kind of stirs things up again um quite literally, but also then has a (laughs) kind of consequence that then kind of, you know, some of these health issues then start to reoccur again, because some of them can be quite painful, um, as well as kind of, you know, in some instances, we feel embarrassment, we don't kind of get any pain. In other instances, you know, they can be quite painful and discomforting. So, you know, it's understandable that we actually kind of then start to put a bit of barrier between or a block between us and our partner at really kind of initiating or getting involved in any of those kind of, you know, the more intimate side of a relationship. Oh, it's it, it drives a massive wedge because the thing that everybody retreats to their sort of side of the ring uh, and a massive wall comes down, there's no communication, yeah. and then there's a misinterpretation uh, dance, which is horrible, yeah. right? So you're sitting in the shame of your health issue or mm. concern or dysfunction or whatnot, and then you're seeing your partner silent treatment, acting weird, acting yeah. awkward, and you f- think that they're judging your health concern. They're not. They're actually, they yeah. have no idea what's going on for you, and yeah. they just yeah, yeah. see you as cold and shut down. Yeah. And then they're misinterpreting because they have their own bucket of shame that they can draw upon. Yeah. You know, but then you know they're probably feeling terrified. Like, what have I done wrong? I don't think I've done Absolutely. anything wrong, but I don't know what I've done wrong. You know, we instantly look to kind of take blame, and you know, we either look to blame somebody else, or we or we take the blame on. It's kind of it's going to be one or the other reactions that we have. So, but I think you know what I would say here is, um, you know, really get on the front foot with this. Like, um, you know get some help, get, you know, try and move beyond that kind of shame and embarrassment, get some professional help, see actually kind of what's possible. Because a lot of the time, you know, that there's, there's things that can be done, you know, we don't have to live with some of these, um, you know, health issues. And, and if it was any other part of your body or any other kind of um, mm-hmm. health related issue, you'd be kind of straight down the doctor booking your appointment going come on fix me you know yeah. find something but yet when it comes to kind of sexual issues we we often think oh my god I can't go there I can't raise this you know so instead I've just got to kind of silently kind of suffer and that's not the case so I think it really is that first kind of step is how can I take control of this situation how do I no longer let it control me and let it govern the um the impact that it then kind of has in the relationship oh and it's just needless it's needless for the stigma to affect your relationship from from my physician hat i'm gonna i'm gonna sit on the soapbox for a second and then i'm gonna um sort of talk about some common male issues but my soapbox moment is um it pisses me off that uh 
there has been an expansion of, I love pharmacists, I really respect their practice. There has been this independent ability to prescribe both in in a, in a few provinces in, in uh, Canada where, where pharmacists can prescribe antibiotics for bladder infections. Mm. I've had multiple women come in who have taken their antibiotics for perceived bladder infections, surprise, surprise, haven't got better, sometimes come back. And it's a really missed opportunity because as a physician, number one, is it even a bladder infection? Because often it can be vaginitis. The second thing is recurrent bladder infections with intercourse, right? Which just, Mm. it's a friction activity that sweeps blood, you know, bacteria up into the bladder. I can help you with recurrent bladder infections that are related to intercourse. Um, And so it really ticks me off that there are women who are being deprived of the ability to come and talk to me as a doctor because I can help Mm. to break the cycle, or at least we can start to put detective work on. So if it's happening again and again, please reject the easy route of just going to the pharmacy because, again, that's a stigma thing, right? It's just so much easier to go to the pharmacy Mm. as opposed to book with your doctor or even a walk-in clinic. Come see us. Come see me. We'll sort you out. And then the second thing about men's sexual health, it's such a, you know, I've I've done a lot of Viagra prescriptions for men mm. who just need to get back on the horse of confidence. Um, again, this is not medical advice, but I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to sue me. Maybe they will. I don't know. <laughs> In which case, I'll learn how to do like tile frescoes or some other job. But anyways, so like with men in terms of their, so a couple things that are quite common, erectile dysfunction or in like not being able to maintain an erection when they want to, or Mm. even premature ejaculation can be really, really common issues that if they bury their head in the sand, it's a real missed opportunity because there's some beautiful communication that can happen Mm. in partnership that helps us support that maybe you need to take a break or sort of slow things down or bring in some other sexual touch and just allow sort of that kind of the stress and anxiety to go away. Because again, Mm. remember, erections only work in low stress zones. People weren't Mm. running away from lions with erections, just saying. (laughs) So again, reach out to your doctor, because sometimes like there can be a prescription that can just help people get back on the horse, but that's the time to lean into communication Mm. and not lean out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as well as the kind of, you know, being vulnerable with your partner, talking about the issues that are going on, I think the other side of it is, you know, where can you look to increase intimacy in other areas? Hmm. So, you know, we talked before, intimacy isn't always just kind of related to sexual intercourse. There are other forms of intimacy that we can create. How else do we get pleasure in the relationship that aren't necessarily connected Mm. to the areas that you're struggling with right now? So you can have some time and take some space to be able to deal with those separately, Mm -hmm. but yet still not neglect that part of the relationship and not create this kind of gulf that then makes it worse for both of you um, because you're then going to start to feel guilty because you're not kind of, you don't feel like you've got the same connection that you had before Mm -hmm. and your partner's going to feel upset because they feel rejected and the dance goes on Mm -hmm. so instead Mm -hmm. let's look for other ways to form that intimate bond with our partner um, whilst we can get the help that we need yeah you've got it bang on yeah bang on pleasure comes in many forms yes (laughs) love it yes that's so true (laughs) all right so yes take responsibility for your sexual health yes you've got it (laughs) We love that message on this podcast. Oh my gosh, always evergreen and bring in help. <laughs> yes, definitely get help. God, yes, yes. I mean, you'd go to the doctor for anything else. So, you know, this is just a different part of your body and a different part of how you function as a human being. Totally. We were designed to have sex and procreate. Oh, 
Were we ever? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> hello. Hello. She's speaking my language. <laughs> and I was put on this planet to talk about it ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. is my role in life. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, totally. And aren't we pleased that you're on this planet? Oh, some people are bird watchers and I'm just a sex watcher. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> Oh, it is actually, but you know, those who know me know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Get out the binoculars. Your, if this is your first podcast, go back to the beginning. <laughs> You'll soon get the measure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Oh, We're an acquired right. taste. You have to ease into us. <laughs> oh. I am going to move us to a question. Yes, please save totally us. Pull up, pull up. <laughs> totally unruly. Today's question. What do you do when your wife tells you that they don't love you anymore? I feel so sad. What have I done wrong? Wow. Again, oh, I mean, this is devastating, but this, yeah. this is, we're, we're being brought into a snapshot situation here. This cannot be yeah. the first time that anybody has heard of any discontent. <laughs> Wow, well, this is so heartbreaking. But it heartbreaking, could be the first time they've heard the words, right? For somebody to actually come out and say the words, I don't love you anymore, oh. it's like a stab in the heart, right? And yes, there might have been some other signs, there might have been some other subtle or unsubtle um, ways that we could have spotted that actually the relationship was going downhill and, um, you know, no longer had the love that it once had before. But to hear those words feels like that's the end. And it feels like a stab in the heart. And I can understand why this person is saying, what have I done wrong? You know, because if they felt like everything was rosy in the garden, I'm quite happy with the way things are. And I didn't understand until this point how unhappy my wife was. And I hear those words back. That is going to be kind of, that's going to feel like I'm falling off a cliff. And I haven't got a parachute and there's nobody there to save me. Oh, it's just, it's just so painful. It is. It's devastating. At the same time, though, this is an opportunity because I think this person has heard mayday, mayday calls for yeah. years and they've mm. never acted and now mm. they are ready to act or they're ready to listen. Well, I mean, they've certainly listened, that's for sure. Whether they're ready to act or not, we don't know. Um, right. But what I would also say is the person that's saying those words, my question would be actually how much is it really the end for them? Or is it that this is my last ditched attempt to get your attention? I fully believe in the latter because of all yeah. the people I've coached. I think this wife is saying, please listen to me. I yeah. still love you. I'm terrified to, I, I have to walk away if you don't listen to yeah. me now. So I believe yeah. in the latter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if we, if we go with that premise, because I, I believe that too, I believe that, you know, we tell people things for a reason. Mm -hmm. We're just not very good at human beings as spotting the fact that we're being told something for a reason. Um, it's because we're not fully present um, the majority of the time. So we're not very good at receiving that information, even often when it's spelled out in black and white. And this is kind of, this is the final big banner, you know, they're taking a bit of a billboard out here saying, I, you know, I don't love you anymore. And um, because they want to kind of really create that strong reaction in the other person because they want that attention. Yeah. So I do think that there is hope. No, I mean, you're right. Because the thing is, is they, they actually do love you by saying, I don't. Mm. Yeah. Because somebody who doesn't love somebody would ghost walk away 
and they would, you would see divorce papers sitting on mm. your kitchen table yeah. or you would, you know, they would be like, I'm leaving and mm. I am packing up and moving in with somebody else. Like they would have already yeah. moved on. Like if they didn't yeah. love you anymore, they would be out the, out the back door. Not and out I the front door, is, out the back door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a bit of a head fuck to get here, you know, to get around, isn't it? Because if somebody's telling me one thing, but actually they mean something else, like I'm stuck in the middle in confusion land going, well, actually, what is the situation? But I think the key thing here is what needs to happen next. So this being a mayday, like the strongest mayday, it is drop everything. Because if you yeah. shit the bed on this, that relationship is over. You've got one more shot at this. Mm. Because what happens is, is that the person comes to us in victim mode like this, you know, this person is questioning, they're in a victim mode right now. Oh, poor me, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm so sad. Yeah. Dude, be sad. And we'll we'll support that sadness. We're going to acknowledge and validate that. But then it's going to be like, now get on your running shoes, because yeah. we have one thing to do. And I find that the shift from victim mode to action is mm. something that a lot of our clients are not actually prepared to do. You think that this yeah. person is ready for action. They're not based on this question. Yeah. And we need to sort of shine the light because they can mm. be looking at this relationship in the rear view mirror if they're not careful and they yeah. don't take this chance. So that's where, you know, a lot of validation of the sadness, the shock, the shame, yeah. the terror of, of this. Mm. And so as we think about like shifting people into action mode, like how do you assess somebody as to whether they're meaningfully like ready for meaningful action how would you assess a client here well i think it's it's difficult isn't it to kind of um because each client is different in terms of what they bring and, and what they do but i think my my question here would be you know there is that acknowledgement that yeah this is this is terrible isn't it um you know you must i can understand why you're gonna feel terribly sad about this you're gonna be really puzzled like what have i done wrong like i thought everything was going swimmingly you're gonna feel like the rug's being pulled out from underneath you it's a bit like a kind of you know a punch in the gut mm -hmm. that is kind of like oh my god i had no idea that this was happening mm -hmm. so so i sense that and i get that but then my next question really is so what are you gonna do about it mm -hmm. Or what are you prepared we, to do yeah, right now? Because yeah. we can sit there and we can feel incredibly sorry. We can cry. We can, you know, get upset. We can even get a bit angry because we feel hurt. Mm -hmm. We can have all of those things. But so what? Like, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to save this relationship? Yeah. Is this a relationship you want to save? I'm guessing that it is if you're saying you're devastated. So what action are you going to take? there's that there's also this um because i always want to sort of get in that question it, the, the the answers reveal a lot some people are saying you know some people if i really know they're in it to it they're like i am going to coach every week with you i have heard i realized my wife was unhappy i didn't know this bad and i know mm -hmm. that she's been saying that i that she thinks i work too much so i think what i'm going to do is decline this promotion and use this time and focus it on my relationship instead. If somebody says something mm. like that, I'm like, oh, okay, this person is ready to work. Yeah. But if there's something like, oh, you know, I'm really busy at work. I think everything will calm down after September. So I'm going to, you know, I'll nose to the grindstone, but after September, I promise I'm going to work on my marriage. Mm. Game over. Done. I might yeah. as well. <laughs> Don't waste money throwing <laughs> it at me because you're not ready, right? Because you're, yeah. you're there's something else in your life or other things that take higher priority. And it is what yeah. it is. It's just that it's yeah. not your marriage. Yeah. So that's the sort of separation of the wheat from the chaff that I like to see on a first uh, client encounter. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of tone difference. And if they're in it to win it, then then we work. And then and then it gets very hard. Like, what are you willing to do? It's it's unpacking a lot of the things you've heard again and again. You just didn't take your partner seriously. Yeah. What are the biggest grievances that, you know, I don't love you anymore, I'm unhappy? A, a lot of the time it's I don't feel emotionally supported by you, I don't feel listened to you, I don't feel loved yeah. by you. Those Yeah. And I don't feel like you're meeting my needs. I feel like you um I feel like you don't understand me. I think that's another thing that comes up. Yeah. You don't even you don't even know what's going on inside. Now, some of that is because actually you haven't shared a lot of the stuff that's going on inside. You know, we can internalize some of the um, kind of hurt and upset that happens in, in a relationship and we put game face on and we carry on and um, yeah. all of that does is just kind of keep things locked up to the point of no return. Well, and, and also remember too, especially if you're in your 40s or 50s, a lot of a person's discontent is that they're blaming a lot of internal stuff on you. They're going yeah. through internal transitions of empty nest. Their um, identity is shifting. An individual's identity is shifting and they're starting to blame it on their partner. So yeah. remember, like, if your wife is saying, I'm unhappy, you make me unhappy, you don't understand me, you don't listen to me. Mm. When, if Once you do the really dark, deep digging, you'll find out that a lot of the stuff has nothing to do with you. But you have to dig and you have to dig together. Yeah. But I I think often what I tend to see is that there's stuff that's going on on both sides. And when you um, dig beneath that and you look at what is it you feel like you're missing? What is it you feel like you're missing? Generally, they're the same things, but they just see it in a different way. I agree with that. So they're kind of, you know, they're sharing, this is my perspective. This is what I think is happening. The other person says, well, no, this is what I think is happening. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of break it, break it down to kind of what what that means it often means the same thing so yeah you know you're not prioritizing me you're not responding to me in the right way you're not meeting my needs you're not I feel like you dismiss the things that I say it's often the very same thing that's happening on both sides now that to me is the magic because then once you get to that part you then have a you know you've got something to build upon because you say actually you want the same things and you've got the same problem yeah. <laughs> you're just seeing it and saying it in a different way that's beautiful oh you have so got it right because when I coach couples because everybody believes that they have the harder lift to do and their their oh, their partner sure. has got off scot-free yeah. Yeah. and the most beautiful thing and I've had clients who are like you know well I feel really resentful I have to do all the work and I'm like actually do you have you heard what your partner is willing to give up or to pitch in or yeah. to compromise on I see you guys as both having unmet needs and both yeah. having to do a heavy lift here. And it's a phenomenal thing for two people to look at each other and go, oh, yeah, we're on the same team. Yeah. yeah. We're on the same Absolutely. Team. Yeah. 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 Being affected by the same weather system, a lot of, you know, transitions, children growing mm. up, like job yeah. loss or parents getting yeah. older, like these things affect you. Yeah. It's the same environment, different reaction similar solutions though and you often have similar fears as well right so oh yeah those fears that you've got that you're reacting to are very often the same as your partners but you just express it in a slightly different way or it means something in a slightly different way to you but if you strip it back it's exactly the same fear yes guaranteed have yeah. have witnessed it again and again mm. as we dig down yeah really the you know what are you willing to do about it is to do the digging yourself yeah. and with your partner. And mm. 
it's not a matter of fixing. We're not, we're not going to fixing zone yet. We're going to digging. And if you're willing to dig, Mm. it's phenomenal what you learn. And that's hot, by the way, total aphrodisiac to be able to learn something about your partner (laughs) because you've probably stopped learning about each other for years. Yeah. 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 There's nothing sexier than uh, seeing your partner in a new Mm. light. Works better than lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) Or flannel PJs if you listen back to some episodes. And bringing it back, bringing it back. Bring it back. I'm like, Sarah, we'll go back to hear that episode, but don't go back. Yeah. I can't let go of that flannel PJs. (laughs) I've had a export expert uh, independent source weigh in on the flannel PJs and it is, it's an absolute no-go. Like we, we, yeah, we can't be doing it. Can't be doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I have my, uh, you know, independent sources, my panel that I that I go to. And that's a that's a hell no for the flannel. Mm. But again, anybody who finds flannel PJs a hot turn on, please info at geordielast.com. <laughs> uh, yes. Also, whatever takes your fancy, right? If the do do it for you, carry on. I mean, you know, <laughs> who, who are we to judge? <laughs> yeah, flannel PJs with I don't know, like rope play. I don't know. Uh, if it's part of a scene go for it i'm not gonna yuck your yum is basically it but i don't know yeah. anyway let's finish off this question before we finish on the podcast <laughs> like what time so is I it it's getting a little like evening dirty time okay go on <laughs> before we get there before we go um i think the other thing that i would just add really to kind of help to finish off with this question is fast forward six months right what is your worst case scenario what do you absolutely kind of dread and not want to happen and then work backwards from that to put some steps in place to completely avoid that hmm. i like it yeah because we get so caught up in the hurt and the uncomfortableness of um shit i'm in this situation it feels devastating and then we get stuck there we get entrenched in it we don't know what to do you know so one of our questions is well what action are you going to take you know and then maybe that kind of thought is i don't know because i'm stuck and i'm in this place but if we use that kind of future vision of you know my worst case scenario is that my partner leaves me we end up divorced. I'm, you know, you paint a whole picture, you know, I've, I'm having to kind of sell a house. I'm, um, you know, I'm having to, you know, maybe move back with my parents. Who knows what that, what is the most kind of devastating position for you? Mm-hmm. And then you explore kind of how that feels. And then we kind of really lock into that vision of the thing that we don't want. And then that helps us to kind of move some of the place of being stuck to actually taking some action. Yeah, you're right. I I would go further to say that like the worst case scenario, if we look at it and we uncover it and say, well, is that the worst, worst that could ever happen? Okay, well, would you die? No, you probably wouldn't die. It would be horrible. Okay. I could live with the worst case scenario. And that's empowering to be like, okay, there's nothing that could take me down. I can actually, I can deal with anything. So let's now try to uh, like that mastery mindset. So let's, let's create something beautiful in our relationship, even if it is to finally understand each other at the tail end Mm. of this story and so that we now know each other better and ourselves better for the next story. Yeah, and I can see why you would say that. <laughs> My question is, you know, would kind of the average person go to that length? The majority of us don't. Mm. We, um, you know, couldn't run as quickly as possible if we're not very happy mm. and want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We don't really want to spend time trying to get to know each other and end things on a positive note. And I'm not saying that's the right course of action. Oh. I'm just saying that's a kind of natural tendency. I, I agree, but it, it's more getting to know ourselves because mm. there's a number of clients now more and more who are coming to me and they're like, the call is coming from inside the house. 
Yeah. I need to be able to address this because I know I'm going to bring this pattern into my next relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Oh, fiery. Gosh, Sarah. Wow. Okay. Good times. That's, Thanks to the listeners. Knew that question would be so spicy today. Oh my gosh. Well, we started <laughs> off on a hot note. So, you know. We did indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are you going to be doing over the next week? But tell oh. me what what am I doing? Well, I'm really struggling with my neck right now. So oh. do you ever have those times when you wake up and you just know that you've slept wrong? Oh, um, yes. So I'm on kind of like day two or three of this. So I don't think I'm going to do a lot until this clears up. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, gosh. So yeah, okay. I'm struggling through for our podcast. And oh, our yeah, totally. Nice massages and yeah. like a little warming heating bag on the on the neck. Oh. Yes, I definitely need some Get off the screens. Yes, indeed, yeah. indeed. So what about you, Miss? What are your plans for the weekend? Oh, to be honest, it is grinding it out administrative work, taxes, uh, a lot of paperwork because I've got a oh, big life event. I know how you love your taxes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. It's crazy. I got to I gotta do them so I can't keep thinking about them. I've just got to get yeah. out of my head. So that's going to be very yeah. boring. Sometimes you just got to be an adult. You know what? Got to bite the bullet. Yes. Being I'm ad- sure you can do it. Fun. I've got every faith in you. Oh, thank you. And then I can, you know, go back to thinking about naughty things. But till then, <laughs> bite the bullet, do my taxes, and then I can study more about sexual intimacy, which is where I like to be. It's the calling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, fun times ahead. Oh, it's the summer. It's hot girl summer. It's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.